You're listening to The Fitness Lounge, where we discuss in-depth everything from fitness, health, wellness, and mindset. Whether you're just beginning your fitness journey or you've been involved in fitness for years, we have a little something for everyone. So just sit back, lounge for a bit with us, and enjoy. And now for your hosts, Nick Messer and Ben Miller. Hi, welcome back to the Fitness Lounge with your hosts, Nick and Ben. And today we are going to be talking about stubborn muscles, how to finally see gains in those hard to grow areas. All right. So in your car, in your office, wherever you're listening to us from, raise your hand if you have stubborn muscles that just seem impossible for you to see any gains. Make sure if you're driving, though, you got one hand on the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> Please. I know I'm raising my hand. Oh, for sure. You know. I think everybody does. So I know I've got my stubborn areas. What are your stubborn areas? It's always been my quads. You know, my, my uh, quads and hamstrings. I, 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 can, I can't tell you how much I've worked on those things and trying to get them wider and bigger. But I can always get them ripped and peeled. But I, I have always had problems getting those bigger. So hypertrophy is a bigger issue yep. for you than, for than that, leanness. Yep. yep. And, you know, probably forearms as well. Really? I've always had that issue as well. I'd say mine have been uh, biceps. Mm-hmm. Um, calves until recently, yeah. uh, and hamstrings. And I think mainly the hamstrings just because I wasn't properly doing them. So I don't know if that yeah, was necessarily a stubborn muscle for me or if it was just tricky, That's a tricky muscle, though. I mean, when you start talking about legs, you're, you know, your quads and hands, that's, those, those can be, be tricky unless you're you know, a genetic freak. And Well, ask my wife. She hates the fact that glutes are not an issue for me whatsoever. I get that same thing, yes. <laughs> I, I was training with Jay today. I don't even train glutes. And, <laughs> it just, are, it just happens, boom, yeah. yeah. It, it's funny. I was training with Jay today, and he goes, it, we were doing some uh, single-leg rear deadlifts, and uh, he, he goes – yeah, man, your glutes are big. You don't even have any problems with them. I, like they just stick out when you, when you yeah. do these. I said, yeah, it's funny. Cause you know, my wife will be sitting there and she'll just go, you son of a gun. I'm like, what? She didn't she, say gun. Though, no, she, she doesn't. <laughs> and she, she, yeah, she's way worse than that. And she goes, she goes, your glutes, like you just have no problem. And, and I'll go, oh yeah, I haven't even worked out on them in like three days. And she goes, shut up. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> so, um, we, we all have struggling areas. We all have stubborn areas. Um, so what we want to do today is we want to make sure that we give you some pointers, some advice for how to break through that barrier, Mm -hmm. how to finally see the growth in those stubborn areas that you really want to see. So keep in mind, I mean, it's, everyone's different, you know, like, like, like mine was quads and yours is what? what Mine's biceps Biceps. and calves. So I did a little research and according to bodybuilding.com, they ranked from hardest to build to easiest, it goes hamstrings, delts, lats, traps, biceps, triceps, pecs, and quads. And on Generation Iron, they ranked uh, just the top three hardest would be calves, forearms, and shoulders. Which you know, I could I can see how all those because I've met people actually that have had problems with all these. You know, I've I've met guys that actually for them their hardest thing was chest. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, Definitely calves and forearms. I think I'm most most of my buddies and most people I've ever talked to, that's probably the two hardest that I've ever come across. Because well, you're constantly using them. I mean, yeah. if you're walking at all, right, you're using your right. calves. 
Uh, if you're sitting down and you have the jitters like I do, you're using your calves because you're, you're jitter- yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've, I've had that ever since I was in middle school. Right. Um, and then, of course, anytime you grab something, mm-hmm. you know, you, so I can absolutely see that those are they're stubborn because we use them so constantly that we don't really know how to properly dig into those things and really right. break through. Yeah, I got a buddy of mine out in Florida, as a matter of fact. That, I mean, he's he's huge. He's jacked everywhere, but his calves are small. You know, I always make fun <laughs> of him for it. And, He'll do he'll do a hundred reps on calves of different exercises techniques and they just still stay the same. Interesting. Yeah, yeah it's weird. Well, and that could be you know due to DNA. We've talked a little bit briefly about how mm-hmm. DNA you know can control some yeah. things, in in such you know body types. And like I said, we will get into an episode that talks a little bit more about body types so you can understand and identify which one you are a little bit easier. Yes. But I I want you to understand that DNA does play into it, but it is not a a, a, a concrete wall that you can't break through. It is not the one thing that's going to say, oh, you'll never have these. It just may be more difficult for you than for some people. Like for us, yeah, like for us, glutes just like they just appear like it's our birthday present, yep. right? But other muscles we have to work very hard on. I know guys that their arms just... Yeah, it's crazy. And yeah. I'm sitting here like, goodness, you know, I've been at this for six, seven years, and I, I think I don't, I don't think I've broken they, sixteen they inches. They on my do it own. six or seven minutes, and they're oh, yeah. like gain two inches. They, yeah. they just think about it, and there's yeah. an extra Boom. three inches. Yeah, so, understand, like I said, DNA will play an effect as to what is kind of your easy muscles, but it doesn't mean that your not easy muscles are never going to appear. And that's what we're going to focus on today: is how to get you from that point to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Usually when someone is having trouble seeing growth in a particular muscle, it's because the muscle fibers are not firing off properly. So every muscle is made up of hundreds, if not thousands of various fibers. And depending on what you're doing, the, you know, whether it's the movement or the amount of weight, the body doesn't always necessarily recruit all the muscles to do something. Like if I'm picking up a pen, I don't need a thousand muscle fibers from my chest to fire off. Right. Unless right. It's really heavy. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> it's a big pen. <laughs> so understanding that every muscle has various fibers. And in this case, we're going to talk about what's, what's called fast twitch and slow twitch. Fast twitch fibers, not to get too confusing, but just very simple. Fast twitch fibers are the ones that fire off, obviously, very fast, but they're designed to be short-term use uh, for sprinting, for lifting heavy. They're not the endurance fibers. Slow twitch fibers are your endurance fibers. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that allow you to run marathons, um, you know, pick up small weight, you know, hundreds or thousands of times. Uh, When you see people doing, you know, uh, 500 crunches, that's, you know, usually slow, slow twitch fibers. Every muscle has a combination of both, but some muscles are geared more heavy towards one than the other. So understanding what your mus- your muscles are made up from those types of fibers will help you understand how you can tackle this from a growth perspective. Right. Um, also, understand that muscle recruitment uh, is a, a, it plays a big part in this. And what I mean by that is, we were talking about this earlier, Ben, if... I, let's say I'm going in and my my lagging area is chest, mm-hmm. okay? And I really want to start working on chest. And I'm aware that one of the better exercises or, or, or routines is to do a dumbbell fly mm-hmm. as opposed to going in and doing a barbell bench press. Even though I'm trying to isolate the right side from the left side, which would you know be a dominant side versus a non-dominant side, right. if you go too heavy on your weight and the chest muscle's not used to handling that, 
to finish that movement, you're going to start recruiting, you know, from a fly position, anterior delt. You're going to recruit bicep. Yeah, even underneath muscles. You're going to start using muscles that you're not targeting. Exactly. Not that that's a bad thing, but if you're trying to focus on that one. Exactly. So now instead of your left side covering for your right side, you have other muscles covering for your primary muscle that you're trying to – to grow. Mm-hmm. So be cognizant of those things that when you're trying to break through, don't focus so much on the movement as you are focusing on the fiber recruitment, firing that muscle off, really feeling a burn, um, utilizing methods like time under tension. Mm-hmm. My number one recommendation is lower your weight, right? slow it down. Yep. So one of the best ways to counteract this effect is to reduce the weight, slow down the rep, just like Nick just said, and focus on the negative. And what is a negative? That's the eccentric portion of the lift. So, you know, if you're pressing, you're doing a pressing movement, the negative is going to be as you're coming back down, bench press, you know. So you push up, but then as you're coming down slow. Um, in pulling movements, you're going to be going back slow. Assuming that you're talking body weight or you're not using any type of um, – cable where it redirects the motion of gravity yes. yep. the the negative is always going back towards the mm-hmm. earth the yes. positive is fighting against exactly. the, the gravity yep. of it so so creating what is referred to as the mind muscle connection is crucial this is when you can consciously fire off the muscle fibers at will without resistance being applied forcing them to fire off so a good example of this is probably everyone, the easiest one to do is, you know, standing in bicep curls. Hey, check out my, check out my biceps, right? Yep. You're automatically. Look at, look at these peaks here. You want to go skiing? Yeah. <laughs> look, look at my peak shoes. I always, I always said it. I always mess with my buddies in the gym. I'd be like, you know, I was going to go wipe the sweat off my forehead with my sleeve, but my bicep was already there. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of my faves. Yeah. Feel free to use that. No, I can't because, <laughs> because I don't have them as well. Um, but the, that's probably the easiest example is that you're you're consciously automatically flexing and firing off. Your muscles are contracting and you're not having to use resistance. If I were to immediately go and pick up even a five pound dumbbell and move it forward in front of my body, automatically because of the weight, the muscle fibers are going to fire off yes. because it has to keep from falling out of my hand. So that's an involuntary response, whereas an intentional flex is a voluntary response. Yes. So when you're training through and trying to get muscle fiber recruitment, you want to slow things down and you want to think, literally think about that muscle and it will start to fire off new fibers. You'll mm-hmm. literally start to feel it. Um, it may not be the first time. It may not be the second time, but if you continuously do it, um, a good example, uh, I've been training with Jay for a few months now. We just, in the last couple of weeks, started going very posterior chain heavy. When that's hamstrings, glutes, mm-hmm. up to the, the spine. I told him today, I said, man, I can, uh, from our last workout to now, I can tell an immediate difference sure. in my ability to connect with my hamstrings, which were not firing off before, which is part of the reason why I tore one last year. Mm-hmm. But they weren't firing off. Even though I was training them, I wasn't thinking about them when I was training them and I wasn't connecting with them. I was just going through the motions. Yes. And so now I can, I can fire them off at will almost to a point where I can fire individual portions of the hamstring muscles. Cause it's yeah. multiple muscles. Yeah, I learned there. that from him as well. As far as, you know, getting certain ones to fire off, not just in your hands, but your glutes. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes you want to, you want to shut that down. Go and that, A lot of things I did with him, it was, you know, part of your warm up. 
you kind of want to shut down this muscle so you could focus on the chest, for example. Correct. You know, I do. He'd have me do a few tricep extensions and so a little bit of shoulder stuff. So I kind of activated them, but I'm kind of shutting them down so that way when I do my chest pressing, you can focus more on the chest. It's all chest. Yep. You know. So one of the highly recommended that I, I came across actually doing some research here, and, and I've heard of this before. It's called DTP, Dramatic Transformation Principle. And basically what it is, is, is uh, you know, you got exercise A and exercise B, let's just say for chest, for example. Uh, on, on your first exercise, you want to start off, you're going to do five sets, and you'll start off doing 50 reps, 40 reps, 30 reps, 20, 10. Your next exercise, exercise B, go start off the opposite way, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50. So one is progressing down and the other is progressing, progressing up. up. Yes. And this is all, you know, you're focusing on, we're talking about, you know, that stubborn muscle, whatever that may be, you know, focusing on that muscle and you're, you're shocking it. You're really doing some crazy things and different things to it to help it, you know, grow and ignite. And to get to 50 reps, you're going to be going drastically less weight than, oh, you, sure. than you, you were doing you're before. Not gonna, you're not going to stay with that same rep you did 10 reps for. No. I'll tell you, I, I've been seeing a lot of gains in my calves recently using a similar method, but just not near as many reps. And, and I don't I don't know what the name of it was. Um, but the issue that I was having is, again, you know, I wasn't seeing growth in my calves. Mm -hmm. um, and with the two muscles there, one I would do seated to activate the soleus muscle. Mm -hmm. And then I would go do seated but full extended leg with to activate the gastroc and when i did that one after doing i would go on my seated with my bent knee i do four sets lighter weight i used to do what it was 135 pounds on there and i would just mm -hmm. kind of rep it out and i'm sitting right. thinking oh more weight yeah i'm gonna start seeing right. growth and i stalled and i wasn't seeing anything now i dropped it to 70 80 pounds mm -hmm. And I'm just slow on my way up on the positive. You're concentrating on the movement. Yes, yeah. and then I'm and I squeeze at the top, and then slow on the way down with an overextension at the bottom to really yes. try and stretch on the Achilles tendon. So that's how I warmed it up, and then I go do the seated with the full extended leg. And this was just, it was I lower the weight a little bit, not a lot, but it was ten reps, then a ten second rest, nine reps, nine second rest, and you follow that all the way through to progression down to one. Yeah. And so you're decreasing your rest time, but you're leaving your weight the same. I would say with DTP, if you're going 50 to 10, 50, 40, 30, 20, 10, you probably don't need to mess with your weight too much because no, you're going to be it, fatiguing as you get down yeah, to that. You can fluctuate a little bit, but like, like you're saying, not like a drastic change. But on the on exercise B, That's the one. you're going to start heavier at 10, and then you're going to drop weight to go to 20, and then drop weight to go to 30, and so on and so on to, all, until you complete to 50. And of course, keep in mind when you're doing that, first time doing it, you're probably going to have to experiment with a little bit because, oh, yeah. I don't know, let's, say, let's just say you put 100 pounds on the bench press and you do that for 10 reps and – now you got to go to 20 reps. You may you may be able to drop 10 pounds off and knock it out, but I guarantee you when you get to 30 reps, you're dropping. 20. You may have to drop 20. Oh yeah, and that's what I'm saying. You're probably going to take a little bit to to play with it and figure out which one that is. And I, I used to do actually for my chest workout. I used to do uh, I would do a uh, 10 sets of 15 on bench barbell bench, and I would go do 10 sets of 12 on incline dumbbell. And then I would go do 10 sets of 20 on cable flies. I, I saw somebody on Instagram doing that. I was like, it, the dude had like the the perfect chest, man. Like I've never seen a chest like that. And that's, had, that's had, what, a, had a shelf, <laughs> had yeah. a shelf like Costco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, all kinds of stuff on it. You know, I, was like, I was like, man, I got to try that. Put and, an elf on a shelf in Christmas it photos. Took me, it took me about three, 
three goes at it to figure out, you know, it, I'm sure over the time, because I was building up the strength and endurance sport as well, but that first time I did, I started off with 135, just a 45 on each side, and I got to about set five, and man, I was fading. Like, I was, oh, yeah. I was burning out. I bet so you dropped I, to 95. Instead I of dropped, to, well, then I took the next set off, put a 35 on each side, and then I only did that once, <laughs> and then I dropped and put a 25 on each mm-hmm. side, and I was barely hitting that the last three or four sets. Now, disclaimer to our listeners, how many years were you in fitness before you were doing this? A lot, you know, 15 so, to 20. So again, to our listeners who are new or yeah, thinking about starting out. Be careful with that. Yeah, don't do not do that. And again, I, I really go back to don't just take what you see on Instagram. Because again, a lot of times what people are doing that on Instagram. Me. <laughs> well, but you had been doing it long yeah, yeah, enough yeah, yeah. that you knew where your body could go and where you couldn't. And you mm-hmm. were trying to find a way to switch something up. You weren't yes. looking for how do I just get started. Yeah. We all should at least start with the basics and then you progress and get better. Just like we all start in peewee football mm-hmm. or baseball or soccer and then we go into middle school, then high school, then collegiate and then professional. Mm-hmm. You don't just at five years old say, well, I'm putting you in a you know, Manchester United's team. Go get them. Yeah, doesn't right. happen. Yeah. Same way with fitness. You progress and, and it's because you were hitting a plateau. You needed to change something up. Exactly. That's how I did it. Yeah. So. Um, that's, that goes into that muscle confusion. So use those, those methods sparingly, but this is a good one. Again, if you're at a point where you've been doing this for a while and you're hitting a plateau using some of these techniques we're talking about are, are recommended and they're safe. Yes. Uh, if you're just frustrated because you know, you haven't ever gotten in the gym ever and you're 35 years old or 25 or 45 or whatever, and you're just thinking, well, man, I don't know if I can get there. This particular portion is not what we're talking about for you we got to get you on a regular routine Mm -hmm. and it'll take you a while to get to a point where you're hitting plateaus that you need to implement this stuff so a couple other things you can try as well is uh try swapping your sets and reps so for example your first time you might want to do four sets of eight reps or you know four sets of 10 reps five sets of 10 reps the next one your next exercise try flip-flopping it now and you're gonna obviously so let me let me go back on that a little bit if you're going to do, you know, four sets of eight, your, your weight's probably going to be a little lighter because mm-hmm. you're doing more wet reps. When you switch it and do eight sets of four, right? So now you're going to have a heavier weight because you're only doing four reps. I mean, you're doing more sets, obviously, but, you know, you got to just make sure you're careful with that balance. And then another one uh, that I haven't tried yet, but I've seen it and I've heard about it, it's called the 50 rep rule. Excuse me. So... Basically, what you're going to do, if you're going to do four sets of whatever exercise you're doing and however many exercises, that last set, do 50 reps. So, obviously, you have to lower your weight, but your next exercise, same thing. You know, last set, 50 reps. Next exercise, same thing. You might even throw up. And when you're when you're hitting the 50 rep range, that's where you're going to be hitting into that, that slow twitch. Yes. That's the endurance portion. Mm-hmm. So, a nice thing about, especially if you're one of the people that is just always training four sets of 10, four sets of 12, you know, or, or five or six reps because you're going for strength and you're stalled. Some of it is because you've been ignoring those slow twitch fibers. Mm-hmm. And so the only way to get into those slow twitch fibers is you have to fatigue the muscle over a period of time. And the only way to do that is lots of reps, lots of reps at the same time. So we're not talking mm-hmm. about taking, so let's say you're doing 
five exercises and you're doing four sets of 10, we're not saying now you're doing 10 exercises. We're saying you're still doing the same amount of exercises, but on some of those sets, you're going to increase your rep range, drop your weight, right. and you're going to get out of needing to fire off those fast twitch muscles and you're going to target those slow twitch. It'll automatically happen. Automatically. Why don't you tell the listeners about that leg press workout you got? <laughs> So I told you I had slipped a disc and I was walking on a cane for yeah. a while. Well, when I, what it, what happened was, it, you know, that slipped disc pinched my sciatic down my right side. And mm -hmm. so when I finally got the disc back in place and everything was fine, my right side glutes had just been so used to being tense for so long that they didn't release. And so they were still squeezing that sciatic. So I kid you not, I was having trouble on leg press with two plates on each side getting to 12 reps hmm. okay and i i mean when i was in high school i used to squat 330 pounds i was all of a buck 70 at the time so it's not like my legs i mean i wasn't the strongest but it wasn't like i was lagging too too terribly yeah. bad so it was just it was weird well um i ended up getting figuring out that my glutes were too tight and i got some b12 and lidocaine shots in there and they loosened up and then the next day i went in and jumped to from two plates on each side to six plates on each side and I was doing 12 reps and that was kind of my max for a while I couldn't really break through that barrier for probably a good six months and then I switched trainers that I was with and this guy was just he was old school just we're just gonna rep it out we're gonna you know you're gonna puke and if you haven't puked you know he was old school well I go in for leg day one time and he's got this just shit-eating grin on him <laughs> and I'm like oh gosh I, I don't even want to know. He goes, all right, hop in the leg press. He throws four plates on each side. And he goes, all right, we're going to do 10 sets of 50 Jeez. at four, Five, four plates on each side. 500 reps. 500 reps. Yeah. And he goes, you can break, but you can't rack. So if you need if you need to rest at so the top, yeah, you're holding it up with your holding, legs. Yeah. yeah, and and I was locking knees, which not recommended, but it also wasn't you know nine plates on each side or whatever. But yeah. speaking of nine plates on each side, guess what I did the next week? Nine the very next time, side. I went nine plates for eight reps, uh, nine plates on each side for eight reps. I mean, I just blew past it. But I'll tell you what, by set, I mean, in your first set, you're struggling to get to fifty. By set three, you're taking breaks every five or three reps. By set seven. I didn't take a break till probably rep 40. Wow. It was crazy. They just go numb on you and they just. <laughs> so we were talking uh, in the last episode about how you can really push past your barriers. Mm -hmm. If you have the right mindset, if you have the right um, environment and you're training with a partner, this was one of those cases because I knew at the very worst case scenario, a, I was in a leg press. So it had a minimum depth that it would go to, or, you know, I it wouldn't crush me, mm -hmm. but this guy was also Jack. So he could help lift it off me if, if he needed to. He was there to, to help you and spot you. Exactly. Yeah. And he, I mean, that's all we did. We didn't do anything else. It was 10 sets of 50. Well, yeah, that's you, your day. There's no way you're going to do anything. Oh else. yeah. I crawled you out of probably there. Probably couldn't walk. Yeah. yeah. He did. He, what didn't come prepared. He should have had a wheelchair for me. I told him that too. I said, yes. I want a free session because you missed my yeah, wheelchair. No kidding. But I've done that since then three times. Now I told you I've fallen out of the gym and gotten back in yeah, and fallen out yeah. and got back in. So I've done it a few times when I would get back in and I just wanted to see a quick jolt. And so I would do that and man, does it jolt you? It really does. It, it, it shocks the, the neurological system, recruits a boatload of fibers. It's jolting me just thinking about it. It is. And I'll, I'll tell you what the, um, 
the thing about this, the, the downside to it is, is that is a very movement focused exercise. Mm-hmm. You're not talking about mind muscle connection. <laughs> it is just no. get it done. Um, and wow. so changing your stances mid mid set. I mean, I'd go narrow, wide, high, low, just yeah. anything to get through it. Um, so I'm not necessarily condoning that for everybody, but my point is, is that doing something drastic like that one time, not over, you know, consistent one time can really get you a breakthrough that you're looking for. Yeah, I think that would probably, that would, that plateau you hit, you know, in the, in the growth. Oh yeah. I'm referring to muscle growth on whatever muscle it is. That would definitely. It did on the strength side for sure. Yeah. Um, it, it was hard to walk <laughs> to say the least. Jeez. Another thing you can try is training lagging muscle groups more frequently. So if you're training your your lagging muscle groups, so whether it's chest or calves or whatever, a lot of times the reason it is lagging is because we're only training them once a week. Once a week, yep. Or that, maybe that's the norm too. I think yeah, most people do that. Well, for calves, I know it was for me. Right now, that's me for core. And yeah. I was talking with Jay today, and he's like. He goes, yeah, your, your core's just, I mean, it's gotten better. I said, well, you know, I've been increasing it to two times a week. He goes, you need to be doing that every day. And I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> he tells me the same thing. Yeah. So it, it, mine with calves, I started to increase it, started to see a change. So for most people, I think one of the, probably the easiest way to, to solve this without getting too difficult, if you're training it once or twice a week, go to two or three times a week. I wouldn't recommend it more than three times a week if you're talking about a big muscle group. Abs, you can do that with just because, again... You can do abs every day. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. you can. Um, that's that's not really a hypertrophy or a growth muscle, but all the ones that you're trying to actually grow, right. I don't recommend more than three times a week because you want to give that minimum 48-hour rest period in between, ideally 72 if you can. So another thing we've kind of touched on already is, is you know you can change your set, rep, and tempo by eat, you know each day throwing something new at that particular muscle group, you know specific to the area that you want to push through that plateau. You know anytime you want to you hit that plateau like we just talked about, you need to change something, whether it's the weight, the, how much weight you're doing, how many reps you're doing, yeah, how how you're doing it. You know technique, um, the like you said time under tension, slowing it down a lot, which I've always found that's actually worked for me. Except I still can't get my legs to grow my quads. I don't know why. It's just I played soccer all my life, so maybe they should. Well, once you get your ACL fixed, we'll have to do a ten set of fifty days. <laughs> I, think, I think I'm gonna have to have another surgery. So I'm, or I'll find up. I'll find something to do. I don't think I want to do that. <laughs> no, I'll try it. I'll try it. Don't you be know, don't be going to the butt me. doctor and thinking you're getting out of this one. Yeah, I gotta go to the butt doctor. Yeah, I still haven't done that yet. Actually, after doing that, I'm probably gonna have to go to back to him several times because everything's gonna come out my ass. Um, anyway, yeah. I, that just it's all about changing it up because everyone's gonna have you're gonna hit a wall you're gonna plateau on something, you know it may not and it may not be in the first few years that you're doing it. You know, maybe you know I look I, we've been doing this for you know 15 20 years and we still hit plateaus. Oh yeah, I think it, it'll, it'll probably happen your whole life, but it's all about just changing it up and doing something different. Well, the beautiful thing about the body is it's designed to become efficient at what it's doing. It is it is a straight line point a to point b get there the fastest mm-hmm. you know streamline it that is what it's designed to do is to get is to perfect itself to become the most effective and efficient at what you've been training it to do so if you train the same thing consistently over and over the body's going to get used to it it's going to get mm-hmm. efficient with that to change it up you have to do what's called muscle confusion yes and that's what we're talking about and muscle confusion can simply be like you said changing your sets so i usually do four sets let's do six yep. you know or you know, I usually do 12 reps, let's do 20, or let's increase weight, and let's drop to five or yeah. six. 
Um, let's do both. Let's increase our sets and maybe do a few with our normal rep range and do a few with a higher rep range or lower rep range, higher weights, whatever. Um, but you never can go wrong slowing it down. Now, when we say slowing it down, we're not talking about 20 seconds per rep. All right, you know, the most that I've seen to be really efficient, and, and this isn't based off a study, this is just my own personal experience, is a five-second negative, two-second hold, five-second positive. And a lot of people will do a longer negative and then a shorter positive yep. for an explosion. I challenge you, try and lengthen your positive. You'd be surprised yep. the type of burn you will get oh, and the muscle fibers you recruit when you're doing a very slow force against it. When I was training with Jay, he was doing that with me, but he would always switch those numbers up. You know, sometimes it would be a four, one, four, then a three, two, five. And he would always flip it up. You know, it'd mess with my mind because I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to do this one the same way as last time. And he'd switch my numbers up on me. I'm like, oh my God. Well, and one as thing I'm we didn't dying. put down here, we were talking about it. We didn't put it down was rest periods one of the one that, of the that's important and that varies he'll you know? do monster sets where you're going in and you're back jumping to back to back to back. yeah of yeah. the same muscle yeah uh, a great example that i had with him was i told him i said jay i need to start seeing some progress in my quads and before we identified the fact that it was just because my hamstrings were so mm -hmm. weak and my quads were just take, yeah. yeah they were they were carrying all the excessive load he put me on the leg press, put some of those really fat bands on there, yep. and single leg, real slow down, hold at the bottom, real slow up, and then go from that into, I don't even know what you call them, I just call them butt in the airs, and, you yeah. just, and, and then right into another thing. And there was no rest period other than the time it took me to get out of the press machine and into this so next, next one. one. Yeah. And so you're, it's kind of like the insanity that we're talking about, where, but it was you know probably time under tension when you think about it was minutes. As opposed yeah, to, he, you know, he only does 30 to 45 second breaks anyways. It, it wasn't even that long. It was go. Yeah. It was go. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely, dec you know, decrease your rest. However, I do want to make this, this clarification. If you are doing heavy weight and you're doing light reps, you do not want to. You want to have a longer rest period. You have to have a longer rest period. We're not going to get into the specifics of it. Take our word for it. We will do an episode on that later, I promise you. Yes. So if you want to know why, just stay tuned. We'll release that episode down the road. But, I mean, if you are wondering right now, like, yeah, for me, example, when I do heavy, I'll I'll go one and a half to two minutes for me. Really? Yeah. A lot of times if you're, they, they'll recommend if you're doing four or five reps and you're burnt out at four mm -hmm. or five reps, you need to rest three to five minutes. Well, I've heard that too. Uh, for, for strength gains. Yeah. Now hypertrophy, which is usually what you and I are doing, yes. which is for muscle growth, tone, activation. Um, and we're doing a 10 to 12 rep range. We're still doing a heavy weight, but it's not near as heavy as we could do if we were trying to finish out in four or five reps. 90 seconds is roughly about where right. you want to be. Right. So if all else fails, I know this sounds crazy, and some people will probably be like, oh, my gosh, why would you say that? Try try to stop taking supplements. You know, if you've been taking supplements, try just don't take them and then focus on whole foods for a little while. What is a little while? I don't know. Try a couple weeks, you know, three weeks maybe, and see what it does. Because, you know, your body gets used to taking stuff. Because I've taken my, – my biggest thing is pre-workouts that I've been – and I know that has nothing to do with muscle growth. I'm just using that as an example. But that's a supplement. Yeah, it, it it's I've taken it so long for the for a long period of time that I, I almost think most of them doesn't work anymore. Don't work for me, you know. It, it you've gotten used to them, acclimated. Yeah, and that's what happens with the other supplements as well. You know, your body's going to get acclimated to it, and if you, when you remove that and you keep doing, you know, changing your workouts up, only eat whole foods, good foods. 
maybe that'll help you. The only caveat that I would I would put with that is, like I said, you and I both have seen the same holistic doctor. Yes. And so if it's something that your doctor has recommended you take for whatever reason, right? You know, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the ones that you choose, your proteins, your creatines, glutamine. you know, glutamine. Yeah. Um, the only one I probably would Amino never acids. really take out is if you're taking multivitamins and omega threes. And even then, you may you may play with the multivitamins, taking them in out. But I don't think unless unless you're going to directly supplement in your food source it's good sources exactly um you you want to have good quality omega-3 in your either your diet or your supplement so if you're not if you're opposed to fish or other you know other foods that would that you would get that from leave that in take the other stuff out play with that for a little bit right so lastly you want to incorporate as much stretching you know it could be yoga it could be actual stretching um, one of the things that I find great benefit is getting, you know, a, a frequent massage every month yes. or every two weeks. Those are massively beneficial. Loosening up the muscle fibers, stretching them back out. A tight, congested muscle is a muscle that does not grow. You've got to release the fascia. You've got to um, re-lengthen the muscle after you've contracted it. Uh, for people who sit down a lot all day, one of their biggest issues, they have low back pain. Come to find out it's actually because their hip flexors have mm -hmm. shortened because they're not used to being lengthened because they're in that sitting position. Right. Um, if you have a trainer who knows how to do things like um, ART and PNF stretching, that's where they, you know, they do active resistance against you. You fire off and then you release and they push against farther and you get more mobility. Uh, ART is more of where they push into a muscle while you're trying to loosen it. He did oh, that on my shoulder it. today. Yeah. yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Um, those are great ways to really dig in, especially if you have stubborn areas that are, that are really tight. Um, but incorporate that. I can tell you most injuries can be prevented if you'd stretch more, uh, hands down. Right. And roll, roll them out. Roll them. Yeah. Foam rolling. That's a, that's a fantastic one. Using pressure. Um, the, the, was it look the lacrosse balls? Yep. Uh, yeah, I use those as well. Even the lacrosse peanut, the lacrosse ball peanut, using that up yep. and down your spine. So I mean, there's lots of methods out there. Uh, incorporate them. Don't leave those behind, especially guys. We have a tendency as men to think, oh, that's you know, that's not a guy thing. I promise you, walking on a cane or sitting laid up in bed, that's not a guy thing either. No. So uh, the the best looking and the best acting athletes, uh, fitness models, I promise you they're getting stretches and massages all the time yeah, daily. And, yeah. And that's, that's how they stay in the game and they're not taking, you know, three and four month breaks because they're injured. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's all about taking care of your body. And again, we want overall well-rounded health, wellness, everything here. So well, guys, we really appreciate y'all tuning in again. We can't tell you how much we, we appreciate your support. So to all of our listeners, keep, keep crushing, crushing it. it. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. Listen, we love connecting with our listeners, so if you have any questions or topic requests, please email them to podcast at thefitnesslounge.net. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Fitness Lounge Podcast for more updates, tips, and content. You can also follow us on Twitter at, at fitnesslounge3. We are excited to take this wonderful journey with you, and we'll see you next time here at the Fitness Lounge.